Anyway, it's good to be here. All bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. I don't see any, any people that, that don't have their eyes open, so that's good. I know if you spent, after a, a good fun night like that, kind of wears you out, you get up in the morning and you say, you know, like we were talking about, it's either say in the morning, good morning, it's good morning, Lord, or good Lord, it's morning. So, anyway, but we had a good time, and we're thankful for that. Before I get carried away here, let's pray. I pray, Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this day, Lord, and I thank you for the blessings that you've given to each one of us. And I thank you, Lord, that we can gather and have a good time and have fun. And I'm thankful that you're a God of laughter, not just a God of rules and regulations and those kind of things, Lord, and we thank you for that. Lord, and we just ask now you're anointed upon this service. Anoint, anoint me, your servant, this morning as I minister your word. Anoint the hearts of this thy people, Lord, to be able to receive the message, Lord, that I have the, that you prepared through me this morning. And we'll be careful to give you the praise and honor and glory. And everybody said, amen. Now, I was, uh, we're going to be in Mark, the fourth chapter, again. Now, I was thought I was going to finish this message up this week, but I just felt like God wanted me to kind of go into it a little bit more we're going to talk about the storm a little more and I'll give you a few things that you can do in a storm because it, we don't need, any, need a lot of teaching on how to um, live through the happy times. Does anybody need, need a lesson on that? If anybody gives you money, you don't have a problem. You don't anybody teach you anybody teach you about receiving money. Don't need any lessons on receiving stuff and living, being happy and excited. We don't have a problem with that. It's when the... It's when the the storms of life come, and when we're in those kind of situations that we have problems. And so I want to spend another week in the storm. And next week, then we'll hopefully, we'll, we'll close up this series unless the Lord deals with me a, a, a little more on it. So if you want to turn there, I said, we'll keep the only advantage to going through these verses over and over and over again, by the time we get through, you'll have memorized. So one, some verses you'll be, have memorized, and this will probably be one of them. Mark the fourth chapter. So every time you go through a storm, then you'll know, where do I go for a storm? Hey, I remember where to go, Mark 4. <laughs> so let's kind of go. We're going to go through there and read these verses again. Starting in verse 35. And that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side, leaving the crowd behind. They took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A small, a furious squail came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on the cushion. The disciples woke him up and said to him, Teachers, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Did you still not have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, asked each other Who is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Now, one of the first things that we need to understand about storms, I did mention this a little bit last week, was that we're going to have storms in our life. You're either going through a storm right now, or you just came out of a storm, or you're getting ready to go into one. Those are the only three places that you are in relationship to a storm. So we need to expect storms to happen, and we don't need to let them freak us out. See, we see a storm or we see a little bit of clouds on the horizon and we get scared already before the storm even hits. And who knows, it may be dry lightning. We may not even get wet. But man, we're not taking any chances. We're going to get all freaked out because we think a storm's coming. Because sometimes just thinking a storm's coming is enough for the devil to use against us to get us all upset, isn't it? Or if like now we're in this uh, H1N1 flu virus uh, fear in our community. 
and they don't even know if anybody gets the flu automatically, they don't care whether it's a swine flu or the regular flu, it doesn't matter because they want to publicize that fear and get everybody afraid. And so the, the country's running around, they're running, trying to get all these vaccinations and all these things because they're terrified of getting the swine flu. Well, I believe that God's able to keep us from getting it. Now, if I get it, I know that he'll help me get through it. Either way, God's going to be there. I don't have to worry about it. But I need to quit getting so freaked out and so focused on trying to catch, I might catch the flu and being so fanatically over trying, over being overly concerned that the devil gets in and beats me down because I've lost my, my purpose in what I'm doing. I'm so afraid. And a lot of these things, the devil loves these kind of seasons because, oh, man, we got a new disease to worry about. We love worrying about new diseases. And then you talk to somebody, oh, have you got, no, anybody got the swine flu? No, don't. Well, they said 20 people died. Well, how many people die every year in car accidents? How many people die for what other reasons? You know, why is it, why does we so focused on something that we may get, we're probably more apt to get in an automobile accident, die in an automobile accident than you are from the swine flu. We've got all our focus over here, and we're afraid to shake hands with anybody. We're afraid to hug anybody. We're afraid to touch anything because we may get sick. And that isn't God's will for our life. So we got to just trust God not to worry about it. I'm not going to be concerned about it. If I get it, then God knew I was going to get it, and he'll see me through. But I'm not planning on getting it. And if i got all my focus on uh, trying to get the, not getting the swine flu, then I'm going to be basically like a magnet to the swine flu. And we can say with Job, oh, the thing I feared the most has come upon me. I knew I was going to get the flu. Well, yeah, you're right. So I'm not thinking about it. I'm not worried about it. I'm going to hug you. I don't care. And if we get sick, we'll come pray for you. Because God's still in the healing business. And it doesn't matter to him whether it's a swine flu or the regular flu or a cold or whatever it might be. God's still in the healing business. So I'm not going to be focused on whether or not I'm going to get the flu. I'm going to be focused on what God wants me to do. And then don't worry about it. Let those things take care of themselves. But we know that storms can come anytime. Just up overnight, just like the disciples when they were on that ship. They didn't know when they left the shore they was going to end up in a, in a storm. Well, but they can come anytime. And there's no set time in our lives that we're, we're not open to a storm. The rain, this rain's going to come. Doesn't matter whether you've got a picnic planned or not. Doesn't matter what you've got going on in your life. If it's going to rain, it's going to rain. You have to change your plans around the storm. So we've got to not get freaked out about it. And the bad thing about storms is because, like I mentioned about the swine flu, is they make us afraid. They bring up all these emotions that we have that aren't good. God doesn't want us afraid. And that's what storms happened in our life. We get afraid. And we get fearful. And that isn't God's will for our life. So that's one of the bad things about storms and why we should need, need to prepare for the storms and make sure that we don't do the things we're not supposed to be doing in a storm. <clears throat> and the main reason the disciples were afraid is because that they weren't trusting God. They didn't have faith in Jesus. See, because they didn't know, they should have known that Jesus said he wanted you on the other side. He says, let's go to the other side. He didn't tell them, let's go out in the middle of the lake and sink and let's have our swimming lesson. He didn't say that. He said, let's go to the other side. So they knew that Jesus was in a boat with them, and that he wanted them on the other side. So when we're going through a storm, and Jesus has led us that direction, or we go that direction, because like I said, sometimes we create our own storms that we, we have to survive through, and God helps us get through them. 
But basically, he wants us to go over there. And if we get a storm, he didn't want us there to sink in the middle of the storm. That wasn't God's will for our life. So if you're in a storm, God's will is for you to make it through the storm. Now, that's good news. It isn't your will, God's will that you sink and let this storm destroy you. That isn't God's will for your life. And that in itself should help us. And in storms, isn't it amazing how we start to imagine all kinds of things in our own minds? Man, we always think the worst. Why is that? We always think the worst. If we get a little teeny cloud and we see it over there in the corners, oh, man, now we're going to have a typhoon or we're going to have a hurricane because we think every storm is going to be a major catastrophe. Well, every storm isn't that way. We watch hurricanes every year when they come up. And they're sitting there and they talk about these storms that are out on the coast of Florida. And man, the what force wind that they have. And all the people start panicking and they start being fearful. Before, Well, it's clear out there. And they don't know what's going to happen with that storm. They think they do. They have all the computer things that shows it where it's going to go. But then at the last minute, sometimes the storm goes a different direction. So all that fear and all that commotion that they had, worrying about that storm clear over there, ruined their life for the next however many days it was when they could have been doing something else instead of being afraid of a storm that didn't even come and most of the things that happened in our life don't ever happen we worry about things that don't even come to pass so the devil doesn't even need to get us in a storm all he's got to do is think we're going to be in a storm if your neighbor has something happen to them you think man maybe it's going to happen to me i'm awful close and so we start being concerned about things and we don't have to be. That isn't God's will for our life. We do not need to let our imagination run away with us in the middle of a storm. Psalms 40 verse 1 says, David said, I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined his ear unto my, heard my cry. Psalm 46, 1 through 3 says, God is my refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, I will not fear through the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried in the midst of the sea, Though the waters thereof roar and the trouble be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. Selah. And that means kind of like praise the Lord. See, God is my refuge and strength. Why should I fear? We need to learn these verses that are in here. Say, I don't need to be afraid. You can face things without being afraid. I'm not afraid of a, if a, if a three-year-old comes up and says, I'm going to beat you up. Does that put any fear in your heart? Not a bit. But if somebody that's eight foot tall comes up and says he's going to beat me up, hey, now, all of a sudden, I may be afraid. <laughs> well, see, we don't need to be afraid because the devil is just the three-year-old saying he's going to come beat us up. You know, you've seen the, the cartoons or the movies where the kid, you know, the guy, because he's going to go to fight, and the guy puts his hand on the kid's head, and he's just swinging in the wind because he can't get anywhere close to hitting them. Well, that's kind of what happens, and that's what God does for us. You know, they can come and they can swing and take their best shot. But when we trust in God, we don't have to worry about it. We don't have to fear. We don't have to worry about that. Have you ever noticed when your kids were little? They don't, hopefully they don't when, when they get older. If they do this when they get older, then you're in trouble. And they're in trouble. But when they're little, in the middle of the night, if a storm comes up or they hear thunder and lightning or they have a bad dream, what do the little kids do? They get up and they come into mom and daddy's room. And depends on which one of you is the most gullible, they'll shake you. Mommy or daddy, there's a monster in my closet. <laughs> or mommy, I'm scared, can I sleep with you? Isn't that, isn't that what they do? Because they're afraid and when they're afraid, they come into your room. And they want to get in bed with you because they feel safe there. 
Well, see, that's what God wants us to do. When we get afraid of something and we have these storms happen in our life and things happen and we start to be afraid, we need to go knock on the door and say, God, I'm scared. There's a monster in my closet. <laughs> Can I get in bed with you? <laughs> See, but that's what God wants, and wants us to do. See, when your kids get older, you don't want your kids in your bed. <laughs> ah, get out of here. I'm locking the door. I locked the door. And I told our kids, it better be an emergency. You wake me up. When they were little, the door was locked. And they said, if you knock on my door for 10 o'clock on weekends, it better be an emergency. Because <laughs> you take your life in your hands. Nobody wants to wake us up. Because, you know, we'd been out partying night before. Because my kids were little before, you know, when we, we got saved when our kids were older. So, But anyway, if your kids are doing that when they're 14 years old, then you have a problem. But God wants us to crawl into his bed and into his lap when we get afraid. And he'll love us and he'll hold us just like you do your kids when they're afraid or they get hurt. You just go in and crawl up on mom and dad's lap and get comforted. And that's what God wants us to do when we come into a storm. We don't want to be afraid. We don't, God doesn't want our imaginations to run wild and think that, man, this storm is bigger than it is. This is going to destroy me. This storm's a monster. They may be a big storm. It doesn't matter what it is because we've got to remember how big our God is. Remember that God, that storm is just a three-year-old threatening to beat you up. That's all it is. And we need to realize that. And see, the disciples forgot that. See, they didn't have any faith. They didn't trust Jesus even though he was in the boat. So we need to realize that. The first thing we do and it needed to remember in a storm is never give up. If we've got our mindset that no matter what happens in our life, we're not going to give up, then we're going to make it. The problem that people have that, that fail in storms or they don't make them through them is because they give up. And once you give up, you've lost. You're already defeated. But as long as you keep pressing on, as long as you keep fighting, as long as you keep striving to make it through that storm, you're going to make it through the storm. And we've got to remember, we can't give up. Now, I know that I've been told that the best lumber for furniture, because furniture suffers a lot of abuse and needs to be strong, the best place they find furniture, wood for furniture, is high in the mountains, in the cold mountains where the winds always blow and storms are always hitting. That's where you get the best, best furniture because it survived the elements and it survived all the beating winds and those kind of things. And the strongest Christians are those that survive storms. Have you known Christians that are really strong Christians? Well, look at their lives and you're going to find out how they get that way. They got that way by going through storms and surviving. See, God wants us to survive. So if we go through the storm of life, no matter what it is, we're going to be stronger. And that's what God wants us, to be, wants us to be. He wants us to be strong. And the problem is the only way you can get strong is by going through something. That's the only way. I don't like it, but I don't care how strong. If you want to be a muscle builder and you want to build up your body, you've got to exercise it. You've got to move those muscles. I'm never going to be able to lift 100 pounds if I don't start at 5 pounds or 2 pounds. I'll tell you, at this age, you know, 5 pounds is a lot for me anymore. <laughs> but I used to take 100 pounds and throw it 7 feet in the air. And not break a sweat. I used to could do that. No problem. Big deal. Because I used to be strong. But I, because I did a lot, of, a lot of that kind of stuff. But I don't do it anymore. So now, you know, when I go like this, used to be up here, now it's down here. And it waves. You know, I've got to be careful when I'm screwing screws. When I was putting our building, outbuilding out at the house, I had to be real careful not screw too fast because that, that, that extra muscle come in and hit me in the face and knock me off the ladder. <laughs> so... 
but I could get, you know, if I could do that stuff again, it, it, would, it would get rid of that. But that's how you get strong. You get strong by pushing yourself. You get strong by going through things. And that's God's will for our life. He wants strong Christians. He doesn't want a bunch of babies. You know, babies are nice and they're cute and all that, but they're not as much fun when you're changing your diaper. It's not that much fun. So, and God doesn't like changing diapers all the time. He wants us to grow up, and it's all right. I don't mind changing a diaper of a, of a six-month-old, but I don't want to change a 14-year-old's diaper. Do you? <laughs> it's not fun. <laughs> well, I assume it's not fun. And uh, because, as Bill Cosby says, after the age about three months, God puts stink in it. <laughs> so, and so we don't want to do that. So we got to get realize we never... Can never give up. And storms, the bad thing about storms is they discourage us. You ever known people that are going through a storm and they're in the old me stage? Oh, man, my life is so bad. Oh, I'm going through this storm. Well, what's your storm? Well, I had a flat tire on the way to work. Oh, you poor baby, you're so devastated. <laughs> but if you have things like that that happen at the beginning of the day, you know, when you're on your way to work, you get a flat tire, or your, your, your alarm doesn't go off. Doesn't it seem like just one thing after the other happens during that, when, when that happens? It's just like a domino that's stacked up. You hit one, and they just, and your whole day's ruined. Well, why is that? The biggest reason that happens is because we've already decided that's the way our day's going to go. And how many times do you say, I knew this was going to be a bad day when, I, when my alarm didn't go off? So this next thing, oh, and now you've already prophesied your day. Your day's already ruined. You've already been discouraged, so it doesn't matter what's going to happen that day because you're already depressed and you're discouraged. And we live in a society of depressed, discouraged people. And they've already succumbed to everything that's going on in their life. The economy that's going on, it's very discouraging. Everything that's going on in our world right now is very discouraging. But I don't have to keep my focus on that. I have to get, change all that stuff and not let it bring me down. Because if it does, I'm going to be depressed. And then when you're depressed, you don't want to pray. You don't want to read God's Word because you're depressed. And you don't want anything to cheer you up. I've already got my main app. I'm having a bad day. So unless you're into my bad day, you stay away from me. Don't bring your little smiley face into my office. <laughs> I, don't you hate smiley people when you're depressed and upset? Oh, don't you come here and smile at me. Anyway, and the storms can drain you. Man, I'll tell you, when you fight and you're doing something like, just like that, playing that little basketball game for a minute, that doesn't seem like a long time, but man, I'll tell you, it was a long time to me. Because when you're fighting something or you're doing something that's hard on you, whether it be emotionally, physically, or any other way, it drains you if you keep doing it. You can, you know, if somebody's pushing against the door, you can hold that door closed for so long. And pretty soon you're going to start getting tired. And you're certainly going to start, that door's going to start opening. See, that's what they say about good defenses in football. It's the fourth quarter is when it counts. They can wear down an offense, or the offense can wear down a defense. Because, hey, it's storms and these kind of things, man, they drain your strength. So you've got to pace yourself. You've got to make sure you don't give it everything you got right at first. You've got to pace yourself a little bit more. And, but storms can, can drain us. And it's amazing how long... The storms seem to last in relation to other, other things, don't they? You know, you're sitting there and you're waiting and you're in the dentist's chair and he's drilling your teeth. And man, that two minutes seems like it's an hour long, doesn't it? Man, I'll tell you, time just slows down. I remember the, the story about the guy that went to the doctor's office 
And the doctor told him, he says, you've got cancer, and you've got six months to live. And he says, uh, the guy says, oh, is there anything that I can do? And he says, yeah, I'll tell you what you do. He says, you go out, you marry the ugliest woman you can, well, you can find that just talks all the time and just irritates, irritates you, and she weighs 600 pounds, and you go marry her. And he says, well, will that cure my cancer? Will that make me live longer? And he says, no, it won't make any live longer, but it'll sure make it seem like it's longer. <laughs> and that's kind of what happens in a storm. It seems like it seems lasts forever. Five minutes seems like an hour. When you're in pain, I'll tell you, they say, man, you're waiting for that pain pill to kick in or something. And man, that pain just seems like it lasts a long, long time. In reality, it isn't. But time slows down. And because that, those things that were endure, enduring, it drains us. And it uh, can drain us and it can defeat us if we let it. The second thing to do in a storm is keep focused. In hard times, we need to keep our minds focused on what our goals are. Because we can get so distracted with the storm that we forget what we're doing. Have you ever been reading something, a magazine or the newspaper, and your kid comes in and touches you, and you know, daddy, 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 your mommy, 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 or somebody drops something in the other room, what happens? All of a sudden, you're not reading what you're reading. You're focusing, your focus has changed on what, whether it be your kid that's talking to you or whatever was dropped in the other room. It just takes your attention away from what's going on in your life. Well, that's what the devil does in our lives. When we're fo focusing on this storm, when we focus on the storm, he's got us distracted from what we should be focused on, and that's God. What does God want me to do? What does God want me to accomplish? Just because you have a storm doesn't mean God's uh, will for your life has changed. And so the devil wants you to get your focus off of this. If, you're, if God tells you to do something, and you start doing that, and the devil puts things in your way, and it seems like, man, God, are you sure you want me to do this? Because it seems like doors are closing and here and there. Well, hey, when once you've got that settled in your mind, you can't let the devil dissuade you from what you want you to do. We've got to keep our mind focused on what God wants us to do. And when you're focused on what God's doing, you don't need to worry about it because you know that he wants you to make it to the other side. That's his whole purpose. And if we're focused on the other side, then you won't get distracted somewhere else. I remember when we were, when we were flying, and I was trying to teach my husband, or I was flying with him so he could do his, his uh, instrument training, because you have to do so many hours, what they call under the hood, and all you can see is your instruments. It's all you can see. You have to focus on your instruments. And he was flying, I says, now fly to the VOR. And he was sitting there flying, and we were going like, 180 degrees the other direction. I kept typing on the instrument. I says, Randy, fly to the VOR. And he says, I am. I says, no, you're not. <laughs> and he says, yes, I am. I says, take off the hood. So he took off the hood, and he, could, he was just amazed because he was clear in the other direction because everything in him told him, told him he was doing the, what was right, but he wasn't because he lost his focus, and he wouldn't trust what he was seeing. His mind was lying to him. Well, the devil's going to be there in the middle of your storm, and he's going to lie to you, and he's going to distract you, and he's going to tell you, hey, you need to get over here. And everything in your system is say, yeah, you know, maybe I should. Maybe I should. Maybe I did it wrong. Maybe I guessed wrong. Have you ever second-guessed something that you've done, that you swore that it was God's will, and you knew it was God's will? There was no doubt in your mind. And now, all of a sudden, a storm comes up, and it isn't even a big storm. It's just a little, little, a little storm. 
and you get so distracted, and now all of a sudden you're clear over here, and now you think, oh, no, I didn't mess up. This is where God will Oh, so you're going back and forth, and you're going back and forth, back and forth. You've got to keep focused on the goal and what God wants you to accomplish. And when you focus on what God wants, then you're going to be able to make it through the storm faster because the, the shortest point between two lines is a straight line. <laughs> so if you want to get through that storm quicker, you've got to keep focused on where you're supposed to go. You can't be going like this. You got to keep focus. You got to keep the uh, a ship or a, even a plane. You're supposed to fly with your nose into the wind or into the storm. Now that doesn't make any sense because we want to run away from the storm. But we have to keep focused and keep our nose into the storm, and that's what we have to do. Because if we get our lose our focus, then we're in trouble. The third thing we need to do in a storm is remember to have faith in Jesus. We have to have our know that our confidence is in Jesus because He wants us to make it through. Like I said, when, I, when my kids were little, they didn't worry about whether they was going to eat for dinner. They knew they was going to have something on the table to eat for dinner. They didn't have to worry about that because they knew that their daddy and mommy was going to provide it for them. And it didn't matter what happened during the day. They could fall and skin their knee and come home with an owie. And it's amazing how mama's little, mama can kiss a little owie and it's okay, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Magic in those kisses. <laughs> but anyway... But see, they don't worry about the main things because, hey, this is just a little thing. They're going to put a Band-Aid on it. It's going to be okay, and then we're going to go back come dinner time. Hey, I'm coming here for dinner. Well, that's what we need to think, realize with God because, see, God's our Father, and he's going to provide for us, and he's going to take care of us. Sure, we're going to fall, and we're going to skin our knee, and we may fall and break a bone or two. We may lose our job. We may all kinds of things may happen in our life, but that doesn't change who God is. We need to keep our faith and our confidence in God and not in what's going on in our life. And then we'll make it through there and we won't have to worry about that storm. Because <clears throat> when we get our, get our eyes off Jesus, that's when unbelief and fear shows up. Isn't it? We take our minds off Jesus, we start focusing over here. That's when, the, when our faith is, is start, we start to lose our faith. And oil and water don't mix. I don't care, you can shake that up all you want and as soon as that thing gets there, the oil comes to the top. And guess what the oil is? <laughs> Oil is the problems. That's the things that settles up because that's the thing we want to focus on. That floats on the bottom, see? But God, the word, is the water. He's more, he doesn't call himself a, it's the water of the word is what's going to help us. We need to focus on all the things that we need to focus on and quit trying to shake everything up because they won't mix. And having faith will help us trust God. Psalms 37.5 says, Commit thy ways unto the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. God is going to bring it to pass. We don't have to worry about it. You know, our life here is just like a ball game that we've already recorded. It happened yesterday. We already know who won the game. See, God's rigged the game of our life. He's rigged it. He's going to have it, have his will done in our life. And the, and the ultimate, at the end of the game, we're going to win. So we don't need to worry about what happens in during this game of life that we're in. It doesn't matter how many times you fumble the ball. It doesn't matter how many interceptions you throw. It doesn't matter because ultimately we're going to win the game. And it's easier to watch a game, isn't it, if you know your team won. Then when they fumble the ball, you don't get as mad and throw your shoe at the TV. I quit doing that. <laughs> I think it's mainly because I can't reach it that far anymore. <laughs> no. But we, it doesn't bother us. It doesn't change anything because, hey, it's all right because we won. Well, God won. We win. In the end, we win. We're going to get to the other side, so we're going to win. So we don't have to worry about how many times we fumble or how many times your spouse fumbles the ball. Your spouse doesn't do something that you think they should do, and they fumble the ball, 
hey, don't get upset. Don't, not a big deal because we win. We're on the winning team. At the end of, at the end of life, hey, man, we're going to have all the trophies, the Super Bowl trophy, world champions, whatever we want to call it. We're going to be excited, and we're going to be dancing and running, and we're going to be carrying on more than anybody that's ever won a Super Bowl. So if you're quiet and reserved here, I'm going to look you up in heaven, and if I can catch you, because you'll be running, I'll have to run faster than you to catch you, because we're going to be excited. But we win, we win. So we don't need to worry about all these things that happen and what happens in our life. And we need to remember that storms are going to go. Every storm that comes, it's going to pass. Everything didn't come to stay, it came to pass. And no matter how long it may seem, it's going to pass. That's the nature of it. All we got to do is just endure till we get through the storm. Because if you don't endure and you don't make it through the storm, guess what? You got to go through that same storm again. Because we have certain things that God has uh, decided for us to go through to, to strengthen us and to change us who he wants us to be. And if we have to go through this storm to learn this lesson. Now, if we don't learn the lesson in this storm, we're going to have to go through it, see it repackaged over here. Maybe a little milder form of it because we didn't make it through this. So we can make it maybe a little milder next time. And you have to go through two storms to equal one. <laughs> But I want to make it through the storm because I don't want to see that one again. I want to make it through there and get through and get my A plus or whatever it is, a passing grade, whatever, however God grades. You either pass or you fail. doesn't matter how, how you pass, just so you pass. Then I don't have to go through it again. I've been through a lot of storms in my life. I don't want to go through again. How about you? The only way to do it is keep focused and realize that, hey, this is going to, this is going to cease one day. If you fall and you break your leg or you cut yourself, hey, it isn't going to last the rest of your life. You're going to heal, and pretty soon the pain's going to subside. It may seem like it lasted forever, but it won't. It's going to subside, and that's what we need to understand. We are going to make it through the storm. <coughs> no matter what goes on, we're going to make it through. Now, we need to realize that in our own lives, we need to ask for help. I think it's kind of interesting that the disciples didn't, find, didn't even think about looking for Jesus until they tried everything else. They bailed water. They bailed water. They let down the sail. They did everything that they could. They lightened the ship. And I think it was when they was lightening the ship that they found Jesus. Oh, Jesus, what are you doing here asleep? See, they were so focused on the storm, they didn't even pay any attention to Jesus. And I think it was when they started lightening the ship, they found him asleep. And I wonder if they thought about throwing him overboard. You think? Because <laughs> in a storm, you've got to lighten the load. Because the heavier you are, the lower in the water the boat is, and the more water can get in. So you've got to lighten the boat in order to stay higher up on the water. And they run into Jesus, and he's sleeping back there. And I'll bet they, was, they probably contemplated for a couple seconds. But don't you know people like that? As soon as they get in a storm, they want to throw Jesus overboard. They lose a loved one. Let's throw Jesus overboard. It's his fault my loved one died. Or if a kid gets sick, let's throw Jesus overboard. That isn't the way you lighten your ship. That ain't the way. Because then you ruin your ship. You lose everything when you throw Jesus overboard. But that's what the world does. They throw Jesus overboard. So we need to, re and we need to remember, of course, like I mentioned last week, that Jesus is in the, is in the boat. <coughs> now we forget that not only that Jesus is in the boat... But we need to, need to start thinking Jesus in the boat before we start lightening the ship. See, we let the, 
We start bailing water at the first sign of a storm, don't we? We see water coming in. Man, all we're doing, we're so focused on, on oh, man, i got to get this water out of the boat. So we start bailing water. And we let down the sail of our life. We let the storm dictate where we're going to go. We let the storm determine where we're going to end up. Well, that isn't God's will for your life, to let the storm dictate where you're going to go. We need to keep our focus on him and let him dictate where the storm takes us. And then we need to lighten our load. We need to lighten our ship, yeah. And sometimes that's why we don't come to Jesus first, is because he may ask us to lighten the load, lighten the ship. And there's some things in our life we know that he'll ask us to throw overboard, and we don't want to. I kind of like these things over here. I don't want to throw them overboard. But see, once you reach a certain point in a storm, then it's okay, man, you're ready to throw everything overboard. We're ready to throw it all over. I don't care. I just want to survive because we're so entrenched in fear at that point that, well, hey, we don't care now. Well, why don't we do that at the beginning of the storm? Instead of bailing water, let's find Jesus. Let's look for Jesus. Let's pray to Jesus and ask him to help us in the boat. Instead of letting down the sail, let's say, Lord, what do you want me to do? Wow, what a thought. If they'd have known, remember, Jesus was in the boat, they might have been able to survive that storm a lot easier. They might not have been so panicked and so afraid when the storm hits. Well, God wants us to do that. He wants us to go looking for him as soon as the storm hits, not after everything else is, is we've done everything else that we can do. Then we say, well, I finally did everything I could, so I decided to pray. And God's up there saying, well, finally, <laughs> it's about time. Have you ever watched, you know, I, I laugh at Christmas time when, the, when all the dads are running around, they're trying to put toys together. And they're sitting there putting all this stuff together. And I don't know how things are nowadays because they've done, made the toys are a lot different. But they always had all these little parts of things you had to put together. And my husband would sit there and struggle with the stuff. And you struggle with it and you struggle with it. And you're sitting over there and saying, hey, how about the instructions? You think that would help? I don't need the instructions. <laughs> And then or they get it all together and it don't work and they, they find extra parts left over. See, God wants us to look for the instructions first before we start beginning to put anything together. And when we do that, then we can face the storm, we can survive the storm, we don't need to worry about it. And we can keep our focus on Jesus because that's ultimately that's, that's what he wants us to do. And he wants us to ask for guidance in the good times. See, if we ask for guidance in everything that's going on in our life, especially the good times, it would be easier when the bad times come. See, that's why the churches are full when bad things happen. Because they've tried everything else, they don't understand it, so hey, let's go ask God. So after 9-11, all the churches were overflowing with people. Well, hey, why aren't they overflowing today? Is things going too well in America right now? Must be. <laughs> <laughs> you don't really want to pray for trouble, but, you know, on one hand you do say, hey, God, they need to get into church. They need, we need to get back to our roots. Well, we need to ask God for guidance in the good times because if we ask him in the good times, then maybe we will avoid some storms and then we'll be used to asking him. Because don't you hate it, you know, when that one relative calls you? The only time they call is when they want something. Don't you just hate, oh, no, it's such and such, so you don't want to answer the phone. See, well, God always answers the phone. I wonder if he says, oh, man, do I want to talk to them? Must be, they're in a problem. Now they want to talk to me. But see, if they called all the time, you wouldn't have any reservations about answering their phone call. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to call him all the time. Hey, God, I've got a good thing going on here. Is it okay? Or everything involved, God, in every area of our life. Because then when we hit the storm, it's just second nature to ask God. Say, hey, God, what's going on here? Why don't you help me? 
Because sometimes when the only time you talk to somebody and you're the one that needs the money, say, man, I haven't talked to them for a year. And I know that they probably could help me. But you feel so uncomfortable calling them, don't you? You just feel, oh, man, I hate calling them because I hate asking. Anyway, but if you're familiar with that person and you know they love you and you know all these things, hey, it's not a big deal to say, hey, I'm running through a situation. Could you help me? Could you come over and help me do this? Or could you do that? Because it's second nature. It's not a big deal. And we don't need to be uncomfortable about it. Well, God wants us to be that comfortable with him all the time, not only in the bad times, but in the good times. I'm reminded of the story. I know that you've um, read this before, but I'm going to go ahead and read it. About the story about footprints. You've probably heard it before, but I'm going to read it anyway. One night a man had a dream. He dreamed he was walking along the beach with the Lord. Across the sky flashed seams from his life. From each scene, he noticed two sets of footprints in the sand, one belonging to him and the other belonging to the Lord. When the last scene of his life flashed before him, he looked back at the footprints in the sand, and he noticed that many times along the part of his life, there was only one set of footprints. He also noticed that it happened at at the very lowest and saddest times in his life. This really bothered him, and he questioned the Lord about it. Lord, you said that once I decided to follow you, you'd walk with me all the way. However, I noticed that during the most troublesome time in my life, there was only one set of footprints. I don't understand why, when I needed you most, you would leave me. The Lord replied, my precious, precious child, I love you and I would never leave you. During your times of trial and suffering, when you see only one set of footprints, it was then that I carried you. Jesus will will carry us through the hard times. And when we're going through a storms, we can crawl up in his lap and he will take care of us. But the thing that's most interesting about this poem that we never focus on, we're so focused in the part where Jesus carries us, because, man, we like to be carried, don't we? Have you ever had a little kid that, man, they didn't want to walk, they just wanted to be carried? <laughs> and, man, it gets heavy. But anyway, we like that. So that's where the focus of most people's life is on this story. But we need to focus on the other times in his life when there was two sets of footprints. Or Jesus walked with us. And see, that's what God wants to do. He wants to walk with us. He wants to walk through the good times and to be with us and communicate with us and, and all those things that, that he wants to do in our lives. But the problem is in our society today, there's always only one set of footprints because we always want to just be carried. Well, God wants to walk with us. He wants to talk with us. He wants to socialize with us. He wants to share in every area of our life. And that's what God will is for our life. And when we do that, when we're talking back and forth, and Jesus is, is, is our friend, and we're talking together all the time, then when the storms come, we can just run and jump up in his lap or jump up on his shoulders whenever we need to do to, in order to get through that. That's what I want. I want two sets of footprints in my life, and I want two sets of footprints even through the storms. Maybe there's a couple times in the storms I have to climb up in his lap, but a lot of times I want to walk with him and say, no, Lord, you and I, together, we can make it through this. You ever played Red Rover, Red Rover, send somebody right over, you know? Get somebody's got a strong arm, man, they can't break through that. The storms can't bother you. And that's what I want in my life. Let Red Rover, Red Rover, send anything over. Because God will be there. He's going to be my arm of strength. I just had to put mine behind his, and he's going to be the one that's going to protect me. And we can make it through the storms. If we keep focused on him, if we keep our faith in him, we don't need to worry. It doesn't matter what the storm is. Let the world, let the storm clouds roll. doesn't matter because God is in control and God is the one that's going to get me through and I can have faith in him and not have to worry about it. Let's pray.
Our precious Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this day, and I thank you, Lord, that, that you are the God that helps us through the storms, and you carry us, and you approve of every storm that comes our way, because you want us to be strong. You want us to be the people, Lord, that you've created us to be, and the storms are the only ways to strengthen us. I know, Lord, you don't like sending the storms. I know that you don't want to, but you know that you have to in order for us to be strong. And I pray, Lord, that you'd help us, Lord, to keep focused on you, keep our eyes on you, Lord, and not let the, the storms of life destroy us or discourage us or drain us. Let us get our strength from you, Lord, so we can overcome the storms and get through them and be the person, Lord, that you've created us to be. Because, Lord, we know that that's your will for our life, and we will be complete in you when we do that. In Jesus' name. Now, if you're here this morning,